Recording in progress. Hi everyone, this is Jackie Cooper with Jay Cooper Travels Talk Show and today I have an old friend on who is an expert in taxes and consulting both for the individual as well as for the business. And uh, before I bounce over to him so we can talk about our topic of the day, uh, for those that might not be familiar with Jay Cooper Travels, I started this last year and it was primarily focused, uh, supposed to be focused on travel around the world because I'm a certified travel agent and I was trying to help people with um, their travels, their travel insurance. But, you know, as fate would have it with COVID, uh, travel stops. So I have a large LinkedIn connection and I realized that a lot of the individuals I was meeting had really wonderful stories that needed to be shared. So I uh, rebranded Jay Cooper Travels and it's now about um, everyone's story. How do we travel in life, both, you know, personally, professionally, career-wise, health-wise, as well as geographically. So hence today's conversation is all about finances and how do we um, keep them and how do we um, make sure that we can support our family. So um, our the guest today, Joshua Thompson, he actually, um, I've had him on a number of times. We've, we've talked a lot about uh, the variety of topics within the tax code and planning and things like that. And I would say I highly recommend that you connect with him um, because there is a lot of changes that are coming down the road in a few years. And I know I'm not always a planner. You know, you sometimes wait, but think of this right now it's July. We're already halfway through this year. So this is definitely the time to be thinking about how do we plan for the end of the year? How do we um, take advantage of any of the tax savings? If we haven't, you know, what do we need to do for the following year? So there's a lot to think about. And it's all about, you know, enjoying the income that we're earning and being able to, um, legitimately take the write-offs that we deserve. So with that being said, Joshua, welcome. Um, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and your business. And uh, how are you doing today? You know, Jackie, I'm doing great. I appreciate you having me back. It's always a pleasure to be here with you and talking about the most exciting thing in the world, which is taxes. I think we all know that. <laughs> but you have a great point uh, that you mentioned earlier when you, when you talk about planning, because mm -hmm. I think what in the past year alone, they passed about three different legislations around PPP, COVID, just tax law changes that affected just about every individual out there, whether you're a business owner or not, and you receive the stimulus check, it's so much that was changed. And you'd be amazed what planning can do for you to figure out what opportunities are out there that you didn't take advantage of. I know a lot of people did know about the employee retention credit. Or at first, you weren't allowed to take it if you use the PPP, but now you can take it. Uh, at first, you couldn't take it if you started your business before or after February 15, 2020, but now you can. There's so many things constantly changing, and maybe that'd be a good uh, something we talk about on another episode. I know today uh, we're talking a little bit more about the child tax credit. Uh, a lot of individuals out there and, and kind of dive a little bit deeper into what are the changes that just got implemented. Um, yeah. As always, Joshua Thompson. That's okay. Well, before we get into the actual topic, why don't you go ahead? We're going to mention 
your uh, website and how people can contact you at least three times during the show. So if you guys are listening and don't have a pen and paper handy, um, don't fret. It'll also be in the block below the podcast. So that way you can uh, come back later to Jay Cooper Travels Talk Show and listen to this episode or the other episodes that Joshua and I've had conversations about. But go ahead and, and mention your website so they can reach out to you. Definitely. So my website is thompsontaxgroup.com. That's Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, and then taxgroup.com. You guys can also reach me at uh, my number, 805-364-0908. That's uh, my cell phone. So you guys can text it, call me, hopefully, you know, preferably in business hours, but you guys can definitely text me. I'll always text back if it's not in business hours. But once again, that number is 805 364-0908 at thompsontaxgroup.com. And I will mention that um, Joshua is currently in, in, in California, so that's Pacific Coast time. He is about to head to Texas, and he's going to have a lot of different tales for us about uh, his new neighborhood. So yes. he might be in a different time zone. So, you know, again, um, with all due respect, definitely different business time zones. But um, so the child tax credit, I know that I heard that individuals possibly were going to be getting checks starting. Um, but then I was kind of confused because I also heard that at the end of the year, if they didn't qualify for something, they might have to pay it back. So that got me, that's why I picked up the phone. And I said, we need to do a talk about this because it's not so straightforward. And if people aren't thinking about this, they could maybe um, really have another tax bite. So why don't you go ahead and share more? Yeah, definitely. You bring up a good point, Jack. And, and what I'll do is I'll share my screen real fast for those individuals that are, are watching. I know I'm a visual person as well, but I have a little slideshow. Just, it's two slides just talking a little bit more about it. That way you can see the, the old and new kind of how it compares um, to everything. So you guys should be able to see it now. Yep. I believe it's up you able to see that, Jackie? Yep, I can see it fine. It says, for those that are not on the uh, the YouTube side of the talk show, it says child tax credit, and I'll let you run with it, Joshua. Definitely. So really what the child tax credit was um, previously, 2020, years before, it was you get $2,000 per child. Up to $1,400 of that was refundable if you didn't have tax up to $2,000. Uh, and that's how it was, pretty plain and simple. Once you start getting about above $400,000 in AGI, which is before your standard deduction or itemized deduction, then it starts phasing out and you, you know that $2,000 should go down to zero. Now, they completely changed it for 2021. And this is so far for 2021 only. They're talking about extending it, but right now it's only for 2021. It's now $3,600 if you have a child age zero to five. Or three thousand dollars if you have a child age six to seventeen, which is great. It's it increases that credit, and now it's also fully refundable, meaning you're not going to get limited at fourteen hundred dollars if you're in the um, threshold of being able to claim the entire thing. Now the difference is it they bring down the AGI phase out of the additional amount. So any amount over two thousand dollars, that that two thousand to three thousand, or that original two thousand to three thousand six hundred. It brings down the phase out. So if you're married filing jointly and you make over $150,000 and say you have a child that's six years old, you'll see that 3000 slowly dwindle lower and lower and lower. Now they cap you at $2,000 where they'll stop it. Um, and once you get to $400,000, it starts phasing out again. So there's a lot of 
complexity behind it, how they're calculating, how they're going about it. That's how it is married finally jointly. If you're head of household, now you're looking at $112,500 is where you start phasing out of that bonus um, credit. Single, married filing separately, you're looking at about $75,000. Now, kind of talk a little bit about what Jacko's mentioned earlier is the advancements. They actually are, IRS is required to give you an advancement if on your 2020 tax return it shows that you qualify for the child tax credit. And what they're doing is they look at your 2020 tax return or your 2019 if you haven't filed yet. And then what they'll do is actually starting July 15th, so this month, is they'll send you partial of that credit to you in advance. So they're trying to send half of it within the next six months. That's their goal. Now, that's great because you can have some money in your pocket. The downside is if they accidentally send you too much or if you end up finding yourself not being able to claim as much as you thought you were based on your 2020 tax return, but let's face it, we all had bad years, or many of us did, then at the end of the year, you're going to have to pay it back. And that's the downside of it. Because with the stimulus check, anyone that received one maybe by accident or maybe didn't qualify, they technically didn't have to pay it back. But with this, you do. So what I've been doing is all my clients receive the email. A lot of them also receive phone calls talking about how you should I recommend that you opt out if you think you're close to the 150,000 range, if you're married filing jointly, 75,000 if you're single, married filing separate, to opt out and just take the credit at the end of the year. If you opt out, you don't miss out on anything. The only thing is instead of getting it in portions, you just get the entire thing at the end of the year. You don't have to worry about paying anything back. So that's what I'm recommending to a lot of people. Now, if you feel like you're, you're going to be way below that $150,000, you can take it and feel comfortable. But it's something, you know, say one day you come across the lottery, you win a million dollars, you're going to be looking at to pay that back. <laughs> but then lastly, it, they haven't really decided how they're going to handle separate households. That's the one thing that's still up in the air. A lot of times people have children where they'll claim – um, the daughter this year, the next year, the other spouse will claim the daughter and they switch every year. As of right now, they haven't put any um, solidified, they haven't solidified any legislation talking about it. But in my opinion is they're probably going to base it on whoever claimed them in 2020 is going to get that advance payment. But when they file their tax return, technically, they're supposed to pay it back to the IRS. The person that is claiming the daughter that year should claim it on their tax return. Then. So it's a definitely a piece where you want to sit down with your, your former spouse or your current spouse if you guys are separated but not legally and talk about who's going to claim this, who, who's um, going to reap the benefits. And when you guys, if you guys do decide to opt out, you and your spouse have to opt out. It can't just be one of you guys. It has to be both because technically if you guys are married filing jointly, you guys both qualify for partial of the credit. So um, I want to just a lot of great information, a lot of information. Um, I want to quickly go back to something you mentioned in case someone was saying, what is this? Because a lot, you and I are maybe comfortable with acronyms. Explain what AGI is in case someone yeah. heard it and they weren't sure what that meant. Definitely. Appreciate that. So AGI is your adjusted gross income. And if you look at your tax return, it's basically all the income that you have from W-2s to 99-Rs to 99-NESs, um, income from multiple sources. And it's the number that's usually right before your standard deduction. So you'll just look on your tax return. Uh, don't quote me on this one, but I want to say it's about line 9 
are eight, if I remember, they're changing it every year. Yeah, they if are. If you look at that line, you see your AGI, and then right under that, you'll see your standard deduction or your itemized deduction, and it'll tell you that. And that's how you, that's the number in line that you'll use to calculate if you actually qualify for this and if uh, how much of it you'd be able to get. I, uh, I'm visual like you too, and I sort of see the, the tax return in my mind as I'm going through, you know, um, and you're right. They have changed things. They've added things. Um, all right. So the takeaway that I'm just going to do a quick summary for those that have been listening. Um, one of the things that is being suggested, especially if you're not sure where your income level is, is consider opting out. You're not losing out by opting out. You're just uh, postponing the um, being able to take the child tax credit, but it'll give you more flexibility because the challenges is, like you said, if you get overpaid and you've spent that money and didn't realize that you've overpaid, then that means you're going to be owing it back. And that's a hassle. So, um, so, you know, if you, now the question is, if they start getting a check on the 15th of July and they haven't opted out, can they opt out? What, what, what can they do? So even if you get that first check on the July 1st, it's not too late. You can still okay. go to the IRS website and still opt out for future payments. So right. that way it's a, it's every month. So they'll send the first one July 15th, August 15th, September 15th, and so forth. So you should be able to opt out to just continue the checks after you receive the first one. Now, don't be alarmed if you still receive one more, because a lot of times with COVID, the IRS is far behind processing things. So you still may receive that one more. So if you opt out today, you get the July 15th, and most likely, possibly, depending on IRS's systems, you may also get the August 15th. So don't be alarmed if you get the August 15th, and then it stops after that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So um, that's the child tax credit. Um, and that I had heard about the checks coming. I had no clue all the details. So I appreciate you filling us in on that. Now, the next uh, area that we're going to be talking about today, I believe, is the dependent credit. Yeah, yeah. It's another big one that changed. And I'll switch it over. Let me see. You guys should be able to see that now. Yep, we see that. But, all right. So the dependent credit actually changed a lot. And the dependent care credit, it's short basically for dependent care expense credit. And what really a dependent care credit, dependent care expenses, what those are, it's anything that you spend for your children or your dependents. So it could be, you know, in this case, parents sometimes are dependents too, uh, depending on your situation. Uh, anything you spend on YMCA, summer school programs, nanny costs, daycare costs, those are all in dependent care expenses and you can group them into there. A lot of times people don't realize that. The summer school or summer costs, YMCA, summer programs, things like that are also included and go into this um, credit calculation. So now the way it was previously to this law change is that it was partially partially refundable. Excuse me. And it was $3,000 up to $3,000 for one child. If you have two children, it goes up to $6,000. If you have three children, though, it's still max out at up to $6,000. So two or more children, it's maxed out at $6,000. Now, like I said previously, what it used to be is it phased out um, percent-wise that you get to take uh, from 35% down to 20%, right? Uh, and really, once you get above $45,000 AGI, like we are talking about earlier, you're already getting 20%. So, for example, you spend $10,000 on uh, little Emily's 
uh, summer school program, $10,000 for her. You'd be, if you made over $45,000, you could only take 20% of that. So now you get $2,000 of the tax credit. You know, you didn't hit your $3,000 mark, but you got $2,000 of the $10,000 you spent. That's how it used to be. Now, this is another credit that is for 2021 only that hasn't, it has only changed for 2021. They haven't decided if they're going to keep it going, but they want to keep it going. Now the amount is fully refundable. And they increase that $3,000 threshold to $8,000 for a child. And then they increase the $6,000 for two children to $16,000. So now it's a, if you have three or more children, it, the credit max out is $16,000. If you have one child, it max out at eight thousand. If you have two children, sixteen thousand. Four children, sixteen thousand. And the benefit of it now is instead of the thirty-five to twenty percent, where it already kind of really low, and you you know you don't get as much on your dollar, it's now fifty percent of the expenses if you earn between zero to one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, which is great because now when you go pay little Emily's you know summer school program of ten thousand dollars. If you're in that, say you make $120,000 a year, you can now take 50% of that $10,000 you paid for her summer school program. You're now able to take $5,000 deduction instead of the previous $2,000 deduction. So okay. that's one of the big benefits as well from the dependent care credit changes. All right. I have some questions here. For the age of the child, what is the, the age that they allow the dependent care credit to be? Mm -hmm. So for the age of the child, I have to double check on it because they always change it kind of like the child tax credit, but I believe it's 16 and under, I believe. I got to double check on that one. I'm pretty sure it's 16 and under. If not, it may be 17 and under. Okay. So that, that's something that uh, our listeners need to check on. Uh, don't make yes. assumptions about the age. You have to, because that's a little bit different than the other um a discussion that we had because that was breaking it up uh you know in specific age amounts so there was that uh question i had and then the other question i had is i know you know again i i'm a single mom and i often thought about um summertime but this dependent care credit can be extended over the year correct you know so oh, yes. so it's not just activities that we do during the summer with our kids if we have a, a summer camp but it might be could it be like aftercare and things like that or before care a hundred percent hundred percent thank you for bringing that up it's anything um that go towards your child's care while you're at work you're busy doing something say you have a babysitter that comes from five to seven o'clock while you and the, the um the spouse go out and do something that also counts as well dependent care credit so all those items go into it. And if you're ever confused on what may count for it, you know, talk with your tax professional and talk, have a conversation about what can be included. Because really that five minute call that you have with them can mean the difference of you either including five, 10 extra thousand dollars to be now eligible for more of a tax credit. Because uh, tax credits are, are, are great. They're way better than tax deductions. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so uh, related to that, um, does it uh, what kind of um what kind of accounting what kind of record keeping does someone have to have for this type of dependent care credit because we all know um it's not just say so it's documentation so yes. um and then once you have the documentation let's say that now obviously it's easy if it's a 
um, uh, a childcare facility, but let's say you have, um, like you mentioned, a professional babysitter or something like that. Um, if you, uh, so this is going to be a layered question. If you have that person who is um, consistent working and helping you at a certain time, do you have to then um, report their income and um, share that with the IRS, especially if it's over a certain dollar amount? So I'll let you answer that. Yes, they, you know, that's a fantastic question. And it, a lot of times it boils down because a lot of times individuals, what they'll do is, you know, they'll like to pay a babysitter under the table. You know, we're all parents. We've been there. We like to pay a babysitter under the table. But really the way it should be is that babysitter should be getting a basically a W-2 from you. And it's, it's a basic because you're hiring them to be in your home to take care of your child. It's not necessarily a 1099 that a lot of people would prefer to give. So really, you need to just be cognizant about that. Make sure that they get their W-2 because that's where you report how much you paid them, the taxes, and you take the deduction. If you're not issuing them a W-2 and, for say, you're paying them under the table, you're supposed to do the W-2 route file it on Schedule H on your individual tax return, technically. If you're not doing that, then you really shouldn't necessarily be taking the dependent care credit, um, especially as well. A lot of times is you have to put in that person's information, whether it be their social security number, address, and you know, obviously their information. A lot of times if you put that in, but they don't report it because you guys aren't on the same page, then they're going to receive notice from the IRS. And a lot of times you, could, you, know, you guys end up batting heads because they thought you were doing it on the table. You're trying to get the tax credit for it. And then at the end of the day, it's a lose-lose because they can get audited. And now they can trace it back to you so to audit you and then go back multiple years on you as well. Yeah. So, again, if it's an organization or uh, a business, it's easy to get the, um, the documentation. But like you're right, if you are personally hiring someone for um, – a certain job, then you do have to look at with your tax professional, um, you know, what you need to do to document. I see on, on your slide, the 1099K reporting changes. What is that? Yeah. So this is something else I was going to talk about as well, but 1099K, it's, it's changed. It used to be, and this, what this really involves anyone that runs payments through PayPal, you run it through, um, Amazon, too, if you're selling things on Amazon, if you go through Square, QuickBooks, any of those merchant services or selling something through a website like Walmart, anything like that, it used to be previously that they only had to issue a 1099K and report what you sold in your income to the IRS if you made or if you had transactions that totaled more than $20,000 that year, it's every calendar year, or if you had over 200 transactions, right? So that's changed. They found out that a lot of people actually weren't reporting their income because they didn't hit these thresholds. So what IRS now are requiring, starting in 2022, they're giving everyone one year buffer, is to it even though you know up to it's now up to six hundred dollars. So instead of that twenty thousand dollar limit to two hundred transactions, it's now six hundred flat dollars. So if I sell my tax planning services to a, a good client and I charge them six hundred and one dollars, and I have my payment process go through PayPal, PayPal now issued me a ten ninety nine k saying they sent six hundred and one dollars through their system to me 
to make sure I report to the IRS. And what's happening is a lot of people aren't doing this, which is causing um, a lot of income to not be reported um, on their tax return. I actually, I mean, many people might not like it, but I actually like this because now, you know, as a business person, I use multiple platforms to, um, to sell services or products. And it's, um, for me, difficult sometimes to remember, did my customer use Venmo, PayPal, Square, you know, whatever, Stripe, whatever the, the form is. So I like the idea that these companies are required to now send me the information because it will make it easier for me to organize that information. Now, people might not want to declare it, but the thing is that I, I think that maybe some individuals might not be declaring it because they just couldn't remember where it was, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, so if, if it does become a requirement, even though I think 600 is low, but I understand why they're doing that, um, then I think that that will make it easier all the way around for all these new virtual employee, you know, uh, you know, businesses that are, have sort of sprung up, you know, because we're using these alternative methods to sell our services and products, you know, whether it's Etsy, Amazon, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I would say to be very, very careful about here is um, have a good bookkeeper because I already see how this could be an issue is a lot of times what people would do is they'll have their, process where they'll sell something through Stripe. For example, they sell a product, let's just throw it out there, $1,000. Um, they sell it on Stripe for $1,000. Stripe records $1,000, right? A lot of times it hits the bank account at about $980 because Stripe takes out their fee. That's exactly now, right. If you don't have a good bookkeeper that knows that it needs to, you need to report on your financial statements at $1,000, not the $980. You're now going to have a mismatch between the 1099 k and your financial statements where you're reporting to the IRS. Your 1099-K is now going to say you made $1,000, but your um, when you report to the IRS, you're going to say you only made $980. And the IRS is going to you know, send you a love note notice saying, what's going on here? This is mismatch. Please explain what's going on. And a lot of times, if you get that, that's just the start of something of a could be real messy. Well, I mean, the thing is, um, you know, if you report the 1000 then, again, I'm not giving tax or professional advice because that's not my area but that fee that um was charged could maybe be a write-off as a business expense after you consult with your accountant or tax professional so you still might end up having that adjusted gross income being the lower amount but you're showing that there was a bank fee that was taken that you're you know so it's it's a ledger so am yeah. I am I correct in thinking that? Yeah, you're hundred percent correct. That that's uh, the biggest thing. At the end of the day, your net income number is most likely going to be the exact same, but it's how you report it. And if you don't put, you know, obviously your numbers in the right boxes to match everything to, you know, your 1099 K's or at least more than your 1099 K's, that's what's going to trigger the IRS saying, okay, automatic notice being sent out. What's going on here? If they don't have a good explanation. We're going to assign an agent to this to figure, you know, to go claim the taxes still do. Yep. So um, that's great. So uh, the the two things that I'm going to summarize here is the 1099K reporting change doesn't hit until 
2022. So yeah. we really don't need to think about that this year. However, it doesn't mean we can't get our books in order in anticipation of what's about to happen. And the dependent care credit actually is for this year only unless there is a change. And when if it changes, do you think it's going to go back to the old or revert back to the old or what's going to happen? Honestly, if it if it changes, um, it's I think it's going to just revert back to the old. I think this is just their way of trying to get more money out there for um, individuals in this income range to help them out more. I honestly could see that this, or at least a version of it increasing, would go into as permanent law. Um, but it all depends because there's a lot of political stuff going on out there. Yep. President Biden's trying to pass, or I think he did recently pass his infrastructure bill. They have to fund it. Are they going to take more money from the rich, but give it more to other individuals in this category, but have less for the infrastructure? So there's a lot that goes behind it. Long story short, I think they'll probably end up reverting back to the normal amounts if they do revert back. That's a lot of great information. Everyone, um, you know, this is exactly why you need someone like Joshua in your court because you know, you want to follow your passion and you want to, you know, spend time with your family and all these little nuances. Um, it takes a lot to stay on top of it. So, um, Joshua, what's your website again so people can connect with you? Yeah. So the best way to reach me is my website, thompsontaxgroup.com. Uh, like I said, Thompson's T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N and then taxgroup.com. You can also give us a call at 805 364-0908. Uh, on the website, you'll see my email address, the phone number, the best way to contact us. If you just want to even want to hop in, you can book a, a quick call, just to kind of get to know us, talk, ask more questions, figure out if we're the right fit. We'll kind of go through that interview process as well. Yeah, no, I, I think having a, um, uh, someone like yourself is critical for, you know, everyone, whether you have a business or not, Hey everyone, this is Jackie Cooper from J. Cooper Travels and I want to invite you to listen to um, this little bit of information. Um, I Today I wanted to talk to you about something that's dear uh, to, and close to my heart uh, because I am an attorney even though I'm not actively practicing right now in the traditional way. I am doing um, consulting on a variety of, of topic areas from special ed, to cryptocurrency, to business consulting. And in doing all that, I realized that many of the individuals that I was speaking to um, did not have the basics in place. They did not have a will. They did not have an estate plan in place. They did not have some of the documents that they needed for their small business. Um, they also... Um, again, had, they were either single or had a family and, and they also struggled with identity theft uh, situations. So I've been encountering as I've been doing J. Cooper travels, a lot of different scenarios. And I realized that as a lawyer, I'm actively licensed in one state, but I really am meeting clients from around the world. And I really wanted to support them in what they were doing. So recently I became involved with a company called Legal Shield, and the link will be um, below in the podcast. Um, so that way you can check out the packages. 
the packages are really affordable. You can, they're smart, they're simple, the, they protect your family, your business, and your personal identity. If you're buying a cup of coffee or tea from Starbucks every day, you can definitely afford um, this Legal Shield plan. With Legal Shield, they also have uh, supplements for gun owners, for a trial defense, for home business, for ride shares. Um, these packages uh, provide adv advice and consultation, letters and calls, document review. You can get access to professional consultations, letters and calls, 24-7 uh, emergency access. Um, the plan is definitely, um, again, can fit all of your various needs. So my um, request is that you definitely check this out. Just like having health insurance, which we all need in case of an emergency. Um, and just in case, you know, we travel, I, for those that have listened to me, I always say don't travel without travel insurance because the unexpected happens. The same thing I would recommend on the legal shield side because all of us need a will. All of us need the basics um, plan in place. So that way when the unexpected happens, um, at a time that we might not have planned for it, um, our family and we are set to go in terms of having um, a medical power of attorney or anything else that we might need. So again, really quick, Legal Shield. I am an associate. I definitely, um, in this situation, you know, am highly recommending this for you to just check it out. My link is below. And feel free to reach out to me so that way I can support you in all your needs. And if you decide that you would also like to be featured on J. Cooper Travels as uh, one of the stories being shared, definitely reach out to me. I'm open to meeting new people. Legal Shield is available in all 50 states in the Canada as well as in the UK. So it is very broad. And again, it is... Um, a comprehensive, very affordable package that can start at $24.95 a month, um, which is really, really reasonable considering that you have um, almost unlimited access to your personal attorney that gets assigned to you. So have a great day and I look forward to um, seeing you like and subscribe and joining more of the conversations on J. Cooper Travels. Have a great one. Bye.